Certain paths toward realization seem to paint awakening as a series of steps or milestones to reach. The progressive path and direct paths set sort of limitations, but awakening is not a process. It's not a series of steps or goals, and it's not an end destination in itself either. Because any goals, any steps or milestones imply time and awakening is entirely out of time. So it can neither be something you move toward nor something you ever achieve in the future, which only leaves now. Awakening can only ever be now, what you are now. It only seems to happen in steps. It only seems to happen in phases where your experience becomes more expansive, less anxious, less doership. But that's the way it appears, in the same way that this dream appears real. It's an appearance, but it's not the reality of the event, if you want to call awakening an event. You are it. You're untouched by any of this that arises. You are always you, are you not? You are always you, no matter how you feel. No matter what feeling arises, you are always you. Why? Why? Focus on that. Don't focus on this process of becoming. You're becoming every moment toward no end. So it's not even a becoming, you're just living. And that's what all of this is for, actually. For living. This aliveness is here, always. And that is enlightenment. Enlightenment is in your experience. It is your experience. So see the enlightenment in your despair. See the enlightenment, the awakeness, the aliveness in your sadness. If you don't do that, you're never going to see it because you're going to keep waiting for stuff to change. You're listening to the Non-Duality Podcast. This is Nick Hyam from nisagayoga.com. Joining me for this episode is Colette Davy, whose Instagram handle is that beyond duality. It's very important, I feel, always to appreciate the appearance of things, how things seem, our ideas about how things are holding experience in a very loose way, and then asking, well, what is this experience? What is the experience of awakening? Well, you are awake. So you are awake because you are aware. So we haven't gone to what you are at this point, because we can assume well the awareness is is in this body or a product of this body but before we get to that point of you know the origin of awareness or who is aware what's producing this awareness the fact that you are aware you are aware effortlessly you are conscious you exist again you may not know what you exist as what your true existence is you exist so you are awake And that is the would-be goal. That's the destination. That's the hope. That's the dream. That's in the future for the apparent individual, the apparent individual, the seeming individual. So the goal is here. You are awake. Now, what appears within this wakefulness that you are, what appears within your awareness, this idea of not being awake, of one day being awake, that there are steps that there's a process, a good process, not so good process, good teacher, not so good teacher, good practice, a practice that doesn't take you far enough or that only focuses on cultivating certain qualities. Ideas, as you said, of expanding consciousness, elevating consciousness, becoming more conscious, becoming a calmer person, getting to the point of spontaneous action or non-action of effortless being and all of that time you are awake i mean there's some space of wakefulness present already could that be the goal that be what you are hoping to achieve and who are you anyway who is that you that would achieve or not achieve instead of just const- constantly shooting forward into the future and thinking where can I get to what can I become how can I become more expansive let the process happen effortlessly on its own 
whilst knowing that everything that happens within this experience is happening within a framework of already it. It is already awakeness. Your degree of expansiveness, your degree of non-locality, non-doership has nothing to do with what is. It has nothing to do with all that is. It only seems to paint the picture of a person coming to the realization of what they are. But even that, because even in ignorance, even when we don't know what we are, there is still a faculty which knows itself directly, whether the person is in ignorance of its true nature or not. So there's an embodying of the journey of realization. If you just shoot forward to the future and you just want to get enlightened, you want to wake up, you're missing the point. Because enlightenment is here now. In the same way that people who want to manifest certain things tune into the frequency of the thing they want to manifest as being here now, awakening follows the same principle. Although you're not trying to get anything with this. You need to know and embody you are it as these expansive meditative trance states and things take place. They are happening out of time with you as you already are. Do not take them as milestone marks for realization. Some people paint it that way, but don't get hung up on it. It doesn't mean much. Enjoy every step of an awakening process. Because in hindsight, once you've technically gotten where you wanted to get, you're in the most expansive state, you never suffer, there's no doer, there's no self. You think back and you realize that the process has always been precious. And those experiences are made up of flavors that you will never get back. And they were always overflowing with the awakeness that you see now. And in hindsight, you could have seen it then, but you were just shooting toward the future the whole time, and that's why you didn't see it. Because the mind keeps us just in front. It just keeps us right on the edge. So we're not able to settle into what's here now, because if you settle into what's here now, you'll see it. So even with the process, so-called steps, these things you think you need to reach, you need to get rid of the separate self, fine, but no that as you're doing these things, as these things are happening, they are not happening separately. This journey towards so-called enlightenment is happening in your very enlightenment, happening in your awakeness, in your awareness. Awareness is a very good pointer to what is, because it shows you that your faculty of being aware is always there, whether you're trying to pursue a goal or whether you're being here now. That awareness itself never disappears. It's out of time. And that is you. It's aware of all your goals that you seem to set for yourself. How many hours a day you need to meditate. What your experience should be like. These are all personal ideas of what experience should feel like. And they're all happening in your awareness. In this universal shared space. The substratum of what is. Everything made of that. You can never escape it. You can never escape it, no matter how hard you try. If you try very hard right now not to be aware, you can't. Because it's the one part of you that never, ever leaves. It's your one integral function. And that's why it's such a good pointer toward what you are. And like you said, it doesn't matter where the awareness comes from. It doesn't matter about the origin. Just notice that there's never an experience in which this is not present and investigate the nature of that function. Why? Why are you scrambling around trying to become something when there's a stable thing that never changes that's right here? Tune into that. Yes, what's stable amidst the movement of the mind? What's constant when there is this flow of emotion different states, different moods, what is always present when you believe you're not present, you believe you have wandered off or you're distracted, or when you're striving to be in the now and sometimes you're in the now and sometimes you 
you've reacted from your pain body and got lost and got sucked into ego, what what isn't ego when you believe you are ego? And could it be that that stability, that constancy, that non-ego self is always what you are, always present, can't not be present? And we use many words for that at different times and that's part of the teaching to use different words at different times but not to get hung up on any word it's not awareness it's it's not consciousness it's not beingness it's it's not presence those words attempt to describe what you are but it's not the concepts so don't try to become the concepts don't try to amass those as your identity because that will only make you feel more clouded, more heavy, more in a state of ignorance, while never not being totally clear, totally yourself. You can't not be, but there's that seeming quality of trying to accumulate, trying to reach certain milestones, trying to cultivate certain flavours. When there's this flow of flavors different frequencies different vibratory experiences of this one ocean of what you are different waves that ebb and flow while there's this deeper depth of permanency you are both the permanency and the changeful at once you don't have to try to attach to one or the other it's all you you are never in a state of ignorance even when you believe you are because what is ignorance the word ignorance means not knowing has there ever been a time when you have not been aware and so there's no true ignorance there's only knowing to set any limitation on yourself will be a burden along this way it starts off with the limitation of i'm a person that's the initial burden, if you could call it a burden. I think you suffer the most as a person. And progressively, as we add these more and more ephemeral labels to ourselves, we seem to suffer less and less. I think I'm a person. That's the first thing. Then, oh, I'm not a person. I am universal awareness. I'm this knowing element. That is just a train that takes you you need to eventually get off that train of that label. Awareness will point you to what you are, that's all. And once you're ready, something in you will say, when I realize I'm aware, I'm contracting myself. And it's a very deep intuition that is felt upon a lot of contemplation and honesty with yourself. And you decide to drop the label of awareness. And then you realize that the reason why you could never describe yourself. You weren't a person. You weren't quite consciousness. You weren't quite awareness. It's not quite emptiness. It's not quite nothing, no thing, self. It's because you are not a thing. What you are is the absence of being something. That's what you are. And that could guide you the whole way. What are you taking yourself to be? If you're taking yourself to be everything, even that is a distortion because you're putting a limitation on yourself. If you are everything, you are still something. And anything that has a label like that is bound by limitations of some kind, although expansive state will govern such a label, you're still limited. So truly investigate the nature of this thing that you say you are, whether it's a person and you're listening to this thinking you have a name and you're in a body and you're listening to this podcast through your earphones and you're a human in a room. Or whether you're listening to this conversation from a so-called higher state of consciousness where you believe your universal awareness. If you're listening from the point of view of awareness, contemplate the nature of your awareness. Contemplate its limitation and ignore what you've read. Eventually, you're going to have to abandon even your teacher's words. You're going to have to investigate your own experience. What is this awareness like? In the same way that when we first start on this path, we ask, what is this person? 
What is this person really made of? Take that the entire way. What is this awareness really made of? What is this I am really made of? Depending on where you find yourself. And if you really investigate that, you'll find that the qualities of the thing you believe yourself to be are actually inconsistent. But that takes a radical honesty because it's comfortable to say I'm a person. It's comfortable to say I'm awareness. It's comfortable to say I'm universal, I am. But awakening is not comfortable. That's the thing. It's got nothing to do with your comfort. It's got nothing to do with finding yourself, your home in a label. True nature doesn't care about that. It's a human thing. Trees don't label themselves. Trees don't know what they are. We call them trees. Just like we call ourselves by our names. It's a construct. A dog doesn't know it has a name. And it's not a regression. I'm not implying a regression of your level of consciousness down to a, a dog. It's, it's just a matter of comparison to realize that the true freedom that an animal holds is not bound by any construct. And that's what we need to use all the way. Are you being a thing? When you go throughout your day, are you being something? Especially these non-dual teachings. Are you being awareness? Are you being consciousness? Relax that and see what you are in the absence of being this thing. In the absence of being a person, what are you? In the absence of the thought, I've lost it. Are you lost? In the absence of the thought, I need to be in the now, where are you? Even in the presence of the thought, oh, I need to be in the now, I need to be more present. Is that thought not happening now? Are you not in the now, stressing about wanting to be in the now? Where else could you be? So it's really about what you believe yourself to be on all levels. And as soon as you don't believe yourself to be anything anymore, then you've got something to work with. Yes, then you're not limited and you're not trying to limit yourself, not even subtly, through reaching a new ideal of identity, which is always limitation. If you have an identity, there is limitation. And you are unnecessarily narrowing yourself, apparently. So this is not about becoming anything. <laughs> In a way, it's about being everything, knowing that you are always becoming all of this, all of this. You're becoming this. There's a sort of unfolding. There's a sort of a flow of expression always. Like, if you want to know the truth of what you are, be and, and notice what is. That's you. All of it. You're not limited to any of it. So, as you said, it's about the fact that you are the absence of being some thing. But it's also the fact that you are the presence of being everything at once. This moment it is so rich. <laughs> it's seemingly so complex. These minute details right now, the sounds, the smells, the appearances. I mean, this is full. <laughs> this is so full. There's the apparently internal, the apparently external, which are actually one. I mean, this is, this is a lot. <laughs> and it's all you. This is mirroring back to you what you are. Yet, you are not limited to anything mirrored. You're not limited to anything you can experience. The nature of any given experience is not the outward appearance of that experience. It's what it's made of. And that is experiencing. That is awareness. So, this experiencing is is showing you, it's revealing itself to you, and that is to say you are revealing yourself to yourself, and just keep coming back to, if anything, the fact that anything you experience can't define you, can't capture you. Nothing you're experiencing right now defines you. You define it because it's made of you. It's, it's literally made of your consciousness, the only consciousness that is so investigate any experience, as you said, 
ask what is it what is it made of you're not going to find a substance like a material substance we, we don't mean that we, we're not talking about um finding a new form of energy and saying right i can put that in a bottle and own it i've achieved this this thing you're never going to find the words for it you're never going to conceptualize it and that's kind of the point then there's that sort of relaxation of it that is to say you having to be any one way and then the celebration the liberation of being anyway so drop the labels and that's easy that's easy because they liberate themselves anyway you know every every label is self-liberating every concept is self-liberating everything just dissolves it just moves through just notice that don't try to do that like you said the outward appearance of something never implies the same reality if you go look at the body if you look at the body in the mirror that's the outward appearance that's what you see that's what people see but what's the internal experience of the body that is the first very important inquiry because that's the first break in the seeming continuity of being this thing you believe yourself to be if you are a body why is the experience of the body from the inside and from the outside not the same anything that holds a reality should be perceived in the same way by everyone so why is it that if you close your eyes and you cut out the outward appearance of the body why is it that the body is only vibration why does it become purely sensation and then the next thing to ask yourself is that have you not always been a prerequisite to any experience you have ever had does any experience ever happen without your existence don't use your mind the mind will say things the mind will say yes you know other people have experiences that i don't witness yes we're not talking about your individual mind's perspective ask yourself is it not a prerequisite that i exist for me to experience yes you've never not existed in an experience an experience cannot happen to you without your existence now the existence of what we're not sure the body is happening to the experiencer this prerequisite experiencer that's here right before any experience begins to take place an experience has never happened in the absence of this thing in the absence of you ever and the body the experience of the body comes and goes in varying degrees you can close your eyes and the visual perception of the body is gone when you fall asleep and you dream you dream you're in a different body but yet you still are when you're dreaming at night you still are why if your body is not perceivably there why are you still there why do you still exist if what you believe you are is the body it makes no sense what you are should never leave if you're anything if you're anything the one thing that you are can never ever disappear and you can never have an experience in the absence of that thing so the fact that you can have even one experience a dream at night in the body of someone else in your dream implies that the body is not even a part of you really it's not an integral part it's as much a part of you as the couch the laptop the sounds outside the wind because just like these things that come and go your body also does it just appears not to because we've been told hey you wake up every morning in your body and it's a new day but we never think about the absence of it we never think about the moments in love in beauty where we forget our bodies you say i i didn't even feel like i had a body my head was in the clouds that's for a reason it's a message it's showing you look you exist without a body there's something of you that doesn't belong to this thing yes you are the foundation you are always the foundation 
Well, you are the capacity, you are the space of receptiveness, you are, to use an overused metaphor, you are the ocean that holds the waves, that gives birth to every wave, every wave being every experience. So you know that you are through experience. You know what you are through experiencing. In deep sleep, we can't say that there is any experience. So we can then conclude, and many spiritual systems have, that, oh, that must be the true you. A place of no experience. That must be you. Because there's nothing... There's nothing there. So you're you in your purest state. Well, that's an idea. There is no impure and pure state of you. You know that you are through experience. And so there's experience now. And so each experience affirms to you, you are. You are, you are, you are, you are, you exist. You are here, you are present. What more do I need to give you? You are experiencing this flow of experiences. And this is your awakening right now. And you're seeking some glamorous state of awakening in the future. You know what you are through experiencing. This is what you are experiencing. You are experiencing. Delve into that. Become acquainted with that experiencing. There you go. You found your true nature. And you know that you are through experience. The apparent ignorance was, I must be my experience. So we get those two things confused, the, the, the that and the what. I believe that I am the experience. I believe that I am what I experience. I believe I am the thoughts, the body. I believe I am whatever. Even the non-experience of deep sleep is just a pointer for you to use to realize your non-limitation. The fact that we have such a mystery in deep sleep where we can't even say if anything actually happened. We can't even say we exist. Okay, in the morning when we wake up, there's a part of the teaching that says, you know, how do you know how well you slept? But that's conceptual. Feel into the experience of deep sleep. Not that you can when you're in it, but the mystery of it. The fact that that can happen, seemingly not happen, and this, this manifest, this waking state, both happen to you, as you. What are you then? You know, what are you if not even exclusively limited to the waking state? If there's seemingly an absence of everything manifest, what are you? And it's not an answer. It's not an answer we're looking for. We're not looking for your avoid, your the deep sleep void. Don't miss the point. That's missing the point. That's a mind answer. It's a pointer. The fact that you exist in the waking state and the fact that you seemingly appear to stop existing in the same way when you're in deep sleep. What a miracle. What a miracle to have these two capacities. And we think they're separate, but what if they're the same thing? What if they're one thing? What if there is never a difference between this and deep sleep? What if there is no person in both? What if this is just a more colorful deep sleep? And it's not meant in a discouraging, nihilistic way. It's meant in a way of, wow, so mysterious, so mysterious. The fact that even the highest Dandil teachings don't point to what you are. What more do you want? It's an endless mystery. And that's why we said at the start, embrace the journey of so-called waking up. Because it's just as much this journey as it is your so-called final destination. Because it never was a thing to achieve. And so it was every step of the way. It was the seeker at the start of its journey, sitting on a meditation cushion, thinking, I really need to annihilate the separate self. It was the death of the self. It was in the expansive states. And it was in your so-called attainment of enlightenment, which means there was never anything to attain. The journey is it. It's always rich. It's always here. You're always it. As a seeker, you're it. 
And you think you're listening to this and you're waiting for it to flip the switch. But what if no switch ever flips? What if no switch ever flips? If I tell you right now, I'm giving you a forecast of your life and you're never going to become this thing. That all you have to work with is what you are now. What do you say then? If all you have is this and you never get it, sorry, you never get it, what then? Given that this is enlightenment, what then? Yes. So work with what you have. Work with what you already are experiencing. Any experience will do. Any experience serves as a portal into what's true. There's truth and there's what seems to be true. Just to make a temporary distinction, truth is that which never changes. What seems to be true is what changes, what comes and goes. And that's the relative level. So you seem to be at a point in your awakening journey. And you can characterize yourself in a certain way. But what's truth? What's truth? Delve beneath what seems to be true about yourself, about your point in the journey, about this present experience into what is deeply truthful. And... You can't arrive at that. You can't attain it and then forget it. That which is truthful is always truthful. And it's the very, as you said, that beautiful phrase, that substratum of now, 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 now. All is that. So there is no finish line. There's what you always are. And the unfoldment of that, the blossoming of that, don't get distracted by the blossom. <laughs> that is you. You don't need to try to hold on to a blossoming. There's always this abundant expression of ongoing blossoming. It doesn't stop. You don't reach an end. This is continuous expression of, of you. And it's all appropriate. Like it's all appropriate. It's all appropriate, all of it. This, 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 this. It's all appropriate. It's all relatively true. And it's all made of truth. Oh, even the headache, even the anxiety. Yes, it's relatively true that you are experiencing anxiety. It's less true that you are the anxious one. <laughs> it's on a deeper level, not that there are levels. It's most truthful that that anxiety is made of you. So when you realize it's, it's you and only you made of whatever you are, then how can there be war with that? It can be freely here as that momentary expression, energetic compression of you. No conflict. Yeah, we take these experiences, day-to-day -day life, and the things that unfold we assume they're in a process of some sort. We assume that unfolding is toward an end. And whatever we're unfolding toward, whether we're unfolding toward a better job, unfolding toward recovery from depression or anxiety, unfolding toward enlightenment, we assume that there's a end destination in the unfolding. But there is, isn't. There isn't. It's just a fake conceptual marker that never actually happens. Sure, relatively, there seem to be, you know, fluctuations in these things, ends and starting points. But if you look at it, experience never loses or gains anything. Experience itself never comes to an end. You never have an experience that ends you constantly experience. Sure, you can segment your experience, you can separate it into days or weeks or whatever, but it's still experience. And this continual unfolding of enlightenment or awakening is toward no end for no one. And that's exactly why it's there from the start. You were always experiencing, you were always full. 
remember anything that you take yourself to be, if it's not always there, it can't be you. And for a seeker, you haven't always been a seeker. So why do you take yourself to be a seeker? Before you heard of the non-dual path or spiritual path or what were you? Perhaps, I don't know, tennis player. Even that, what were you, were you before that? It's exactly the same. These things come and go. The identity of seeker comes and goes. It can't be you. So set aside the seeking, set aside the seeker. What are you then? And it's not a discovery. It's not a becoming. You're not going to realize, oh my goodness, I'm this. No, you're going to realize, oh, I'm the absence of seeking. Oh, I'm the absence of forward pursuit. Oh, I'm the absence of resistance. Because all of these identifications and all of these things you take yourself to be simply seem to cloud what you are. Because they pretend you're something. When you're actually the vibrancy, the openness and the overflowingness constant experiencing. With no subject. No subject. And it's been like that from the start. All your thoughts happen in experiencing. Tune into the experiencing itself. Tune into the experiencing. Tune out of the thought, out of the narrative, out of what your mind says you are. And stop waiting to get enlightened. Because it never happens. You can certainly have awakening experiences. Those experiences happening in what? They happen in what? They happen in whatever you are. And aren't you awake? Aren't you this light of being that illuminates each passing experience, that animates, that gives life to what passes, that breathes existence into what seems to exist as, a, as an objective thing. You, that one subject, are not apart from what seems to be objective. All you know of any object, be that an internal or external, is you, subjectivity. And you can verify that now very easily. That capacity of subjectivity, we could call that hearing, we could call that seeing, we could call that smelling, tasting, and so on, feeling. What do you know of anything? How does anything appear to you? But through this bundling of those modes of subjectivity, those modes of awareness, all you know of the couch is that sensation and the appearance. So that's feeling, that's seeing, which is nothing but subjectivity. It's all made of you, that one subject. You can't verify any other subjects because those apparently other subjects are what? They appear to you like any object. So they're made of you, subjectivity. I can't verify an individual called Colette as opposed to Nick. What I know of Colette is what I know of anything. And that is me. Not me, Nick. Not me, an individual, but me, subjectivity. Boundless. Timeless. All that is. Always full, as you said. There is one subject, this shared universal self, or that there's no subject, and it's all objects as well. And that's also another part of the mystery of it, because when we talk about subjectivity, we're not talking about a personal subject. It's not personal in any sense. And when we think of the word subject, we think, oh, me, happening to me, happening for me. But this is an impersonal subjectivity. If you could call it that, it just seems to be happening to, for, something. Seems to be, but we're not even sure. What we know is that it's you, but if there's no other, is there even a you? So, you know, these two things, the subject and object, exist in, they exist dependently of one another. For there to be a subject to experience, there must be objects of experience. For there to be objects, there must be a subject. In the same way that for there to be awareness, there must be objects of awareness. Whether the objects of awareness are made of that awareness, 
or not. And so these two sort of sides of the same coin also point back to like the mystery of what you are. The fact that this can be seen as total subjectivity or it can be seen as zero subject, purely objective, with no perceiver, no personal one. And so, but even that subject, even the subjectivity, if you investigate the nature of the subject, it's empty. It's empty because we're so used to the subject being like, you know, qualified. We qualify the subject all the time. I am tired. I am hungry. I am this. And what we're actually describing there is our experience. So if you want to call anything a subject, the subject itself is experience. That's who's hungry. Experience is hungry. Experience is anxious. Experience is seeking. It's not you. You know, it's not any personal thing. It's not claimable. It's not claimable. If you listen to a sound, who does that sound happen for? Okay, it's coming in through the ears. But where do you draw the line? You can't claim the birds outside that are making the sound. So why do you believe experience is happening to or for someone? You can't claim sound. You can't claim the sight of the room. This room doesn't exist for you to see it. And so if none of these like sensory perceptions can be claimed, why do we assume someone? and not this universal, impersonal subject like you referred to earlier. And it has a different flavor. If you, if you tune into the subjectivity of everything, it's a very intimate, um, flavorful, uh, abundant, overflowing experience. And if you tune into the objective side, you see the other facets of this thing, the emptiness, the beautiful futility, the dream, the fact that it doesn't take place in space or time. So these two things come together, viewing everything as objective experience and viewing everything as oneself. There are two sides of the experience of this. So the people calling this thing empty and it's nothing, it's no thing, it's a black hole, it's a void. And those calling it universal, intimate, shared self, love, they're just viewing this jewel from each side. And so what are you? It can take the form of anything. It can take the form of anything depending on how you see it. And so what infinite mystery are you? What infinite mystery is this? That it can paint this picture of hollow, empty, void, even make people nihilistic and then do the complete opposite, make you fall in love with it. Yes. What a celebration is this that you can you can seemingly be these two sides which we may call in our spiritual practice or spiritual journey at one point, you know, the path of negation, discrimination, the, the southward facing path, the inward facing path of exclusion and elimination the no thingness of the emptiness of what you are and then the outward facing path of unconditional love and you know to collapse that apparent distinction between the subject and the object and becoming only subjectivity becoming only the outpouring of of beauty and bliss and everythingness uh, there's no distinction they aren't two sides. You don't have to work through those as steps. They are two different ways of experiencing this, you. So it's true to say that you are the emptiness of love or the beauty of nothingness. Bring it together. As you said, you can't claim any of this. You can't claim any experience. You can't make it your own. And... Notice how it all appears to you spontaneously. None of it is personal, not even what seems to be inside the body that seems private. It's not personal. You're witnessing it. Somehow you're, you're before it, you're, you're behind it. 
you're aware of it the thoughts come in and you're aware of them and then you may even voice those thoughts but can you find a f- the first thought do you think before you think you seem to think before you speak sometimes but other times there's just a flow of what commentary <laughs> where's it all coming from you can't find a point it's not you it can't be you you're witnessing it but then in another way it's all you it's all personal but not in an individualistic personal the personal as in you are that one self one non-personal self of of empty love when i get asked by students things like i thought i was universal love i thought i was consciousness or, or whatever but now i watched a video from this teacher and they say that it's a black hole it's a void it's absence emptiness now i'm lost because i thought i was that and now someone's telling me i'm something different instead of feeling lost use that as a pointer once again toward the diversity of what you are like you said bring them together unite them instead of thinking oh i thought i was love but i was wrong i'm emptiness realize that you're the capacity to be both and that's you that's the mystery you can't find yourself in the thing the fact that some teachers say you're emptiness and nothingness and others say you're love and consciousness means that you're all of these things but also none of them so look for that which takes the form of all of these apparent labels what is it that bends itself to become love and bends itself to become the experience of nothingness it's experience itself it's experience itself and that's what you are that's what you are that's why you can experience all these different things and that's why at the end of the day no one really knows what enlightenment is because so much has happened there's not any end result all i can say is that i've had experiences so what has all of this been all of it's been experiences because you've only ever been experiencing and that's why the joy is in the now that's why the joy is in this moment the joy is in your experiencing you can't get it you can't get it it's always this and as long as you you're thinking that you need to listen to this podcast to change something about you you're off on the wrong foot like we said earlier work with what you have if i forced you to work with what you have what could you say about yourself assuming nothing ever changes from this day on like in the movie groundhog day you just live the same day again and again and again and you never make progress and you never ever ever become anything else what can you say about your experience we have to realize that this becoming is a human thing it's a construct it's based in our upbringing where we were told we need to self develop we need to grow up we need to learn more we need to acquire things all of these things move forward in time but this is the one thing that does not move forward in time it's the one thing you have now and so ask again given that i have now this thing i'm just going to trust what's being said here given that i have it now what's telling me that i don't given that enlightenment is here right now why do i believe it's not and it's because you're trying to shape your experience into something you believe enlightenment should be enlightenment is in this experience of thinking you're not enlightened if you just consider that as part of the enlightenment you'll immediately see a shift in your perspective because you're immediately objectifying the subject that's saying i'm not enlightened So it's it's not a trick, you know, we're not trying to trick you into dropping your expectations so you can have one of those ecotole moments where everything just collapses and it's a big event. Sure that happens, but the thing is that it doesn't have to. And as long as you wait for that, you'll be waiting forever. Stop waiting, assuming that you have it now. Start that. Assume I have it. It is here. Given that it is here, 
what is this experience then? What are these thoughts? I'm not enlightened. I need to improve. I need to get somewhere. Remind yourself, I have it already. I might not see it yet, but that's because these ideas are clouding it. Give it some time. Given that I have this already, given that it's here, these thoughts are not telling the truth. It doesn't matter that you don't know what you are. Leave that. You don't need to know. The mind that says, oh, we need to like develop this. We need to become more expansive. Given that you are already as expansive as you're ever going to get, what are these thoughts saying? They're lying. Because the assumption that we've now made is that you can't develop. And that's a good starting point. Create this pre-assumption so that these thoughts that are contradicting the nature of reality can be seen as what they are. They're false narrations. And there is no true narration. Not even these words are true. They point to truth. All words do. <laughs> In experience, there seems to be this kind of continuum of, of clarity. Again, delve beneath the density into the subtlety. You're experiencing this state called lost, this experience called lost. And you found this state called lost. You found it. So there's some finding capacity amidst that experience of being lost. It never was you, the lost one. You found the lost one. So you're behind the lost one. You're holding the lost one with love, with knowingness. You know this. So put aside the, the label, I'm lost. Put aside the label, even lost. And what is that energy? Know it intimately without interpretation. And you'll only find knowingness in it. And that goes for any experience. All of those energies that seem to be labelled, that they're sort of integrated, they're assimilated, they're, they're liberated from their captive state of what they seem to be, their labels. Those waves are no longer frozen and fixed. They dissolve back into you. And that is what we call integration. You're like reclaiming stuck energy, allowing it all to move. There seems to be work on that level, maybe. Ultimately, no work is required. It's all the ocean. Even after enlightenment or post-self-realization, the character, the person, can still find itself lost. It can still want to become. Thoughts of becoming still arise. Thoughts like, I should be this, I should feel more expensive, I should do this today, I need to be more or less contracted, whatever. All of that still happens. So it makes no sense to be trying to get rid of them from a point of you thinking you're not awake. If it happens to the awakened, so-called awakened mind, then there's no difference between an awakened mind and yours, except for the belief. If you're going to wait for these things to disappear, like the feeling of lostness, the feeling of anxiety, you're never going to see that these are objects which appear to you. The reason why they can still appear in the awakened state is because they're just seen through. They were never annihilated. They were never exiled. All we simply did was see, oh, I'm not that. And we don't know what we are. That's not the point. The point is not to say, I am this, not that. We just know we're not this thing that's arising. And so they never leave. The full picture of the person still plays on. And so like you said earlier, you are not lost. You've stumbled upon lostness. You were on your merry way, and then you stumbled upon lostness. You existed before the lost. You existed before the anxious. These things come and go, awaken or not. So you can't keep trying to get them to leave. You need to see what they are. And even then they won't leave. 
they'll just be seen and that's enough because it's only our distorted view believing that this anxiety this feeling of being lost this feeling of lack points to something within us it's that that keeps us trapped it's not the feeling itself it's not the sensation of anxiety or being lost that's not doing anything to you they're completely neutral they're completely neutral and in essence that's where the work is if you feel that something is charged if something really triggers you and you feel supercharged up and contracted that means that this is not quite neutral yet you have associations which are not true this is, this feeling in your chest is tying to something else it's tying to a narrative investigate that is the sensation in your chest telling you that you're not good enough is the closing of your throat telling you that no one wants to hear you what is it telling you that's not true if you remove that and do this sort of work just in the name of love for this discovery not as a chore you'll see that these sensations are brought down to complete and total neutrality and even when the body then reacts with anxiety it's just seen and welcomed because it's no longer something telling you you're not good enough it's no longer something telling you that no one wants to hear you you're small so take a look at what these sensations are telling you what is their narrative and that's the first step to breaking them down and you know you could say oh, it's not telling me anything it just feels really unpleasant why why does it feel unpleasant where does your gauge for pleasant versus unpleasant come from like we've mentioned before on this podcast take this so-called unpleasant sensation and compare it to the sensation of making a fist with your hand you can increase the intensity of the fist you're making by squeezing tighter and tighter depending on how intense the sensation of this anxiety or whatever it is is and compare them bounce back between the two why is this one telling me i need to get out of it i need to run i need to get rid of it something needs to be solved but when i clench my fist it's not telling me anything it's just intensity so the aim if you could call it that of this work is to neutralize these sensations that you once called a threat of some kind down to the neutrality of for example holding a fist a fist is a very good um it's a very good meditative practice and a very good sensory thing to use because of its varying intensity depending on how you're feeling you can squish really hard to match this despair in the body and bounce back between the two and do that as a spontaneous loving practice until you see there's no difference between this despair this weighing down at the chest and the fist that you're making they are telling you the same thing they're telling you i am alive i'm vibrating that's all they're saying they're only saying that i'm responding to my environment like a plant it's exactly that they're completely neutral so just bring it down to this place just bring it down to this place of they're the same thing they're telling me the same thing mm. what do you know when you really feel into that fist what do you know helps to close your eyes and only feel it so you're not distracted by the appearance, the shape and the stories that come with that you know, just feel it, feel it only sensation maybe there are subtle stories there, tightness tension, contraction maybe even subtle images in imagination, colors, shapes, and beyond those, maybe really subtle, pure words like energy, aliveness. As you said, compare that to what seems deeply personal in the chest. And there's no difference, there's no difference, there's, there's sensation, there's energy, and there's sensing, free it from its apparent imprisonment as a, as a noun, 
see it as a process, as a verb, sensing, the sensing, which is experiencing, which is awareness, being aware. You know, at some point you lose words and there's that neutrality. There's the equality of what's here. It's all balanced. The fist, so to speak, will naturally relax because no fist can stay clenched for too long. It has a spontaneous, gradual relaxation because that's the way energy works. I'm just using energy as a word. It's just another word. That's how energy works. It all moves. It all moves. This sensing is a movement, it's a flow of, of life. Aliveness itself. There's nothing stuck, nothing stagnant, nothing fixed, nothing constricted, contracted, limited at all. There are seemingly different flavors and different uh, expressions, but there's only that, in essence. And that's exactly why you can never wait to get somewhere. You can never wait for a part of experience to disappear. You can never wait for it to change, to become something else. Because if you're doing that, you're missing the point. If you're waiting for a state that you're in now to become more expansive, you're missing the point. If you're waiting for a full attainment of enlightenment because you still feel a little bit like a person, you're missing the point. This is the form you are taking. This is the manifestation of your capacity. The fact that you can manifest as this. You can be this seeker. Wow. Wow, you can be a seeker and you can be enlightened. You can have a contracted experience and you can have an expansive one. Pre-enlightenment, post-enlightenment, you still have these sensations that arise. Okay, the narrative breaks down over time, but that's not what we're actually wanting to disappear in the beginning. We want this thing to be gone. We say to a sensation, I don't want you. I want a better feeling. I want to feel blissful. I don't want to feel contracted. I don't want to feel despair. But that sensation is never going to stop happening because it has a right to be here. It has as much a right to be here as you do as a tree, as the wind, as clouds in the sky and the birds. Its existence is justified in the fact that it is here. So you can't deny it. As long as you're denying it, you're missing the underlying nature of it. And the mind will keep us in this process of denial, just saying no to what's happening in favor of something we're going to reach in the future. Like, oh, I'm just going through a dark night right now, but one day I'll be enlightened. That's not the idea. The idea is that this dark night that you're going through does not lack any of you. You're here to see it. You're here to experience it. It's just different flavors. Just see that it's not you. The process that you're going through on this path is it. And that's why it's not a destination. You reach the destination every single second. Every single moment you've reached where you want it to be. Whether you believe it or not. That's just thought. Thought will never, ever admit I'm where I want to be. Even in the so-called awakened mind, thought will still cast forward. Oh, I should, I should invest in the stock exchange. I should buy a house. You know, I should do better at my career. Maybe I'm a little bit lazy. You think that stops? No. That's the nature of the human experience, which we're lucky to have. We're silly to deny any of it. It's never going to disappear. That's the beauty of it, and that's why it won't change. So stop trying to get things to change. You are it. You are it. You're untouched by any of this that arises. You are always you, are you not? You are always you, no matter how you feel. No matter what feeling arises, you are always you. Why? Why? Focus on that. Don't focus on this process of becoming. Like I said earlier, you're becoming every moment toward no end. 
So it's not even a becoming, you're just living. And that's what all of this is for, actually. If we were to say it's for anything, it would be for that. For living. And whether you're seeking and, or anxious or grieving or blissful or in love, you're living. This aliveness is here always. And that is enlightenment. It, enlightenment is in your experience. It is your experience. So see the enlightenment in your despair. See the enlightenment, the awakeness, the aliveness in your sadness. If you don't do that, you're never going to see it. Because you're going to keep waiting for stuff to change. Stuff that never changes. I promise you, it never changes. You'll wait forever. Yeah. And see that there is no no. There's no no to any experience. There's only yes, yes, yes. There's no no. There are thoughts that say no. There are feelings that are in aversion. Maybe they are feelings. Those feelings have no agency. They can't say no. It's just a feeling of no. Those thoughts can do nothing. There's no doership in that thinking that says no. There's only yes. So whatever is here now is held in this existential yes. And you can know for sure that whatever is here is meant to be here, but only because it's here. It's here. What's here is here. What's here is the unfoldment of you. So can't be wrong because it's made of you. So you are achieving yourself. You are becoming, you are manifesting the goal. But what is that manifesting power that seems to be manifesting the goal? It's the unmanifest, you could call it, or it's just pure manifestation. And it is the goal. So you are becoming. What's that beingness in the becoming? That beingness that doesn't need to become any further. You are achieving what you are through being what you are. But you're not reaching a point of achievement. There's no end point of achievement. <laughs>